Here they come again. There's a flag down at the line of scrimmage. Is the pass is to an open Travis Kelsey, who flings it back over to Tony. My goodness, this is going for a touchdown. This is. And he got the jump. It's a free play. Fields for more. Got him. Touchdown. Bears lead. Again, the winner of this game takes sole possession of first place in the NFC South. 35 seconds. Mayfield to the end zone. It is caught. Otten. Touchdown. Minshew. He's hit from behind. And it's incomplete. There is a flag, however, that comes in. Dumps it off underneath. He's got Chase Brown. He's the speedster. He's got daylight inside the 30. One man to beat. Oh, he makes a move into the end zone. Touchdown, Bengals. Blitz coming. Picked up. Purdy sets. Launch. Pass Samuel. Safety came up and knew he was beat. So Ridley is the guy that creates the big plays for you here at the bottom. From the 19. And Lawrence. In the air. Caught. Touchdown. Parker Washington with the score. Stafford off play action. Steps up. Floats one. The car. Into the area that Matthew Stafford got it. We always talk about getting the ball into a spot where only your player can make a play. Most he's had in any game this season. Zappy throwing, caught, Henry, touchdown. Whoa. But he gives it a little pump fake. He throws it on a line and somehow gets it over 23. Great concentration by the big tight end. But you're not supposed to be able to make that throw. He has to now go back outside for Oliver to replace Lenore inside. Lock, couple fakes, steps away from pressure, going deep down the field for Metcalf. He caught it. Is he in? He is. Touchdown, Seattle. Wow. After being kind of taken that early shot by San Francisco, by this Seattle offense, and. Prescott in trouble. Cox lost the football. Jalen Carter, the rookie, has picked it up. And Carter will score. Game on. The veteran Fletcher Cox with a game-changing play. We're young so far today. They need to get back to the house. DeMarco Jackson! 
scoops it up and scores. With Browning and a lot of that stuff, and now he gets another no-huddle shot right here. And that pass is intercepted off the deflection. The Colts are going to get a pick six, Ronnie Harrison. Thirty-six-yard interception return for a touchdown. Wilson has all day here. Now he's going to take a deep shot. Sutton in the end zone, and Cortland Sutton with a flag down makes the catch for a touchdown. Let's see if this stands. It looks like it will. Just throwing it up. And the thing I love, Tiki, you said it, hanging in the pocket for a count, right? Not escaping too early. And it gives time for guys to develop on the outside escapes. Back towards Matthew Stafford on that play. Ethan Evans, the punt. Ravens set to get good field position here. Tylen Wallace from the 25. Tylen Wallace breaks out of a tackle, takes it down the sideline. He stays in. G'day Aussie Gridiron fans, welcome to G'day Gridiron for the AGN Network. We are in between week 14 and 15 and we are a long way into the season. Boys, the regular boys are back here in the studios, Manjot and Brad, how are we doing today? Doing excellent, I am officially on summer break, so uh, yeah, I'm right as rain, man. If I yeah. was any nicer, it'd be illegal. Brad's on drug leave. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy because my team, the Cowboys, won this week. So I'm pretty happy. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you put that in a recording. <laughs> I am so glad. Oh, all this evidence we're gathering. Boys, we got a uh, special guest with us tonight, though. Uh, he is, as, as he has been termed for many times, Australia's leading fantasy analyst for fantasy football. There's none other than Taylor Goodall. How are you going, Tay? Very good, mate. Uh, shout out to Brock Purdy over there. Uh, he loves loves himself some Cowboys. But, yeah, great to be here, mate. I've always wanted to jump on this podcast. And, uh, you know, obviously I talk a lot on the uh, fantasy show and just wanted to sort of have a crack at just talking some just general NFL because I always listen to your guys' show and love what you guys do. And, um, yeah, I'll stop sucking up your assholes and let's get to it. Oh, I'm keen. I'm keen to have you, Tay. You're um, you've you've been dropping some really great takes lately on on uh, fantasy that have been insanely relevant to real football. Uh, even won me a bit of money last week, Tay. Yeah. Uh, he had, he pulled out the the big guns with some um some takes on the Bears and Justin Fields, and I thought Tay's so confident in this, I'm going to chuck a few bob on it. And uh, what do you know? Got a bit back. <laughs> Manjot hey. always hears me on there. Like I always talk about like two worlds colliding, and it's one of those things where I'll do the fantasy analysis, and I'll be like, I really like Fields here, but I hate Goff here because I don't like him against the Bears defense, but I love Fields against the Detroit defense, and I'm like, 
okay, why would I not just back the Bears? <laughs> it doesn't really make any sense. Like, why wouldn't I just really, really like the Bears here? And that's sort of all it came down to. And we even had a special guest on our pod, uh, Isaac, and he was ho- he was basically talking up the Lions, and I basically told him to fuck off. So, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a great podcast listening. And uh, I it was live with the Bears, and he was yeah. live with the Lions, and we were just going at each other in the group chat on the day, and uh, I was happy to come out the victor. That was actually fairly hilarious. I did. I was mowing the lawn listening to uh, Oz the NFL Fantasy last week. And um, yeah, I laughed quite heartily. <laughs> uh, as soon as you just dropped, you told him to fuck off. So that was great. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a, a few boys in that group chat. They just like basically took that recording and then just broke it down to that three seconds where I told him to fuck off. It's like, <laughs> fuck off, Isaac, what a mate or something. And that, every single time he talks, they just they just throw that back in his face. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. That's quality. That's that's much like what I'm going to do to Manjot with all of his uh, Cowboys yeah stuff that he's just been yeah. dropping this week. Huge uh, Cowboys fan. Yeah. Fan. Old Trey Lance up here um, has just been just back in his element. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> With Trey his Lance boy, Trey Lance. Heart. <laughs> he is. Of course, uh, Tate, I know you You seem to think that you don't know a bit of – You know, everyone says that fantasy guys don't know how to, how to talk real football and be analysts, but – you know, you definitely know something because you are still leading our tipping comp right now. Uh, and it is, and only by one game, that is, over over Brad's Brad here, Brad's blunders, uh, as he likes to call it. Uh, even though Brad did drop one game in the very first week, so technically you and Brad would be equal if Brad remembered to tip a game. Uh, actually, it was two. Don't don't sell me short. Two. Dropped two. two. So Brad would be leading. There we go. Yeah. Well. Well, not necessarily. We don't know what I would have picked, but uh, but yeah, at least whatever. Hey, you're you're leading fair and square, so enjoy it while you can. I'm leading. Hey, you down. guys have the home ground advantage here, so I just I guess I have to back down. The only thing is, uh, <laughs> I, I basically felt like I was having a really good year in the tipping, and then I basically just shat myself two weeks ago and just decided to pick everything wrong, uh, and I felt like I'd basically just thrown it all away. But lucky, I've sort of. Uh, steady myself over the last couple of weeks and then uh yeah i was able to i wouldn't say i dominated last week but it just felt like everyone around me fell apart it was like if you tipped <laughs> half of them right last week you were on fire it was just such a weird week yeah week 12 was it's, hilarious it's like actually a, week 12 was hilarious like but you you guy. did you picked eight and brad picked 13 yeah <laughs> so <it was> just, <laughs> i just oh i just i don't know what i was thinking and then all of a sudden because i was going so shit I felt like the need to tip a couple of more upsets to like get myself back. Oh, and no, just, I've just been noble. I've been stuck in that hole, and you guys keep giving me shit about it. But I keep going. <laughs> I'll, I'll look at us, all of us. I'll look at the picks for the early windows and go, "Oh, we've all picked the same teams." Well, fuck it. I'm just going to choose some random ones in the second window then, and it just doesn't come off until I yeah I yeah I second guess myself about the Bears and I'm kicking myself there last week, but hmm. I'm still the beating pinnacle- Maddie. I've finally beaten Maddie again now, though, so I'm fine. Oh man, that's that. that look, if, if that's about a that's a dwarf task, mate. That's the shortest task you could ever have because he's an absolute <laughs> sack of shit. Well, I can't pick. I can't. I don't feel like I can catch Mark anymore after his 14 game week either. So, it's... do you know they have nomads in uh, like motorcycle gangs? Uh, that's basically me at the moment. I'm just floating in between you guys and them because those guys just. Can't fucking tip anything out of a boat. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the 
that's the first time in this podcast we've had a, a motorcycle gang reference. So, <laughs> who, who knows to look, you? I've, look, I've got, I've got analysis. Just you, you just have no idea what I'm going to come, in, what's going to come out of my mouth, mate. Even if I'm not drinking. <laughs> yeah, he's right. good. He's That's on right. fire all the time, boys. All right, we are. We're going to follow a similar format to last week, I think, boys. We're going to have a look forward at week fifteen games. Have a talk about those teams, what how they went uh, in week fourteen, um, and just have a general chat about some of these games. So, how about we start right at the front of week fifteen, and we start with that Thursday night game yeah. between the Chargers and the Raiders. Let's get this one out of the way first up, right? Um, it's just going to be it's going to be a crap matchup to start with. The Raiders obviously coming off a very hard three 0 loss to the Vikings last week, where the defense played brilliantly um, and the offense couldn't couldn't put a piece of toast in a toaster. So uh, that's going to be fascinating against uh, a Herbert led Chargers. Manjot, I don't know where do we go with this game? Why do we keep getting Thursday? You you are you're a big proponent of this why are these island games so bad <laughs> oh man it's just yeah you know tnf i, I don't know this one I, I it was it looked okay because of herbert being there but now he's out for the season it's like oh goodness you know it's just is it worth watching this game anymore because i mean herbert not being there actually does I think, in my opinion, it kind of lessens the appeal of this one, especially with Eastern Stick against Aiden O'Connell. I don't think many people want to really watch that game, but some of us do. I mean, honestly, the Chargers a little bit, what they can do without Herbert and Keenan Allen. I think the Raiders' defense has got something up their sleeve, and I think also got to consider last time these two teams played, Khalil Mack had six sacks, so... Who knows what he could do on the defense of the Chargers. And it came against O'Connell as well. So, yeah, it'll be very interesting in some respects. But, yeah, I've got to agree, Ian. The the matchup has gone downhill ever since Herbert got injured over the last week. Yeah, we should all point out that, obviously, Herbert is Herbert is out now. Uh, Eastern Stick, which is the weirdest, one of the weirdest names I've ever seen in my life. Uh, he is the starting quarterback for this. And just... Uh, just to sort of cap that, because we know it is the year of the backup in the NFL this season. Max Duggan is their third-string quarterback, the uh, TCU rookie. So that's going to be interesting if something doesn't work out for Easton here. If you're if you're a fan of just bad, bad quarterback play, then you're going to love this game. Uh, you know, who, both coaches aren't going to be there much longer. So I think the... The Chargers are just setting the table for uh, our our boy Bill Belichick, so it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting. But I, I think it's it's just going to be a bad game to watch. To be honest with you, Brad. Surely, if the Chargers lose to the Raiders here, Staley's definitely finally gone. Well, I don't know if they'll get, get rid of him during the season because, um, like what we talked about a little bit last week. Oh, he's- yeah, he's gone anyway, but surely. Yeah, he's, just... he's definitely going to be gone. It's just a matter of when. When when is he going to go? Surely, um, just you get rid of him and give Kellum all the reins for three more weeks. Yeah, for Kellum Moore. Although the the danger you have is that Kellum Moore might be gone as well. Um, not because he'd get fired, but because he might get the head coaching opportunity. Uh, 
in the college ranks. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see just what happens. I feel bad for Herbert, man. The guy's been there for what, four years now. And he's just, he's got nothing has gone his way. So, and, and they are an old, old, old receiving core. So it's not going to get any better. The guy they drafted last, uh, this off season, he just really hasn't panned out the wide receiver. So um, it's, it's going to be rough. Gosh, Brad, you talk about old receivers. Quinton Johnston looks like he's old, the way he plays. I <laughs> yeah. saw the God, dude, dude looks like he's like about to retire half the time running his routes and then dropping them. I don't even get it, man. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. So let's move on. Uh, we get Sunday football. It's that time of year in Australia where mm. we finally get some Sunday games, and I am absolutely stoked. Um, our, our business, our year is finally finishing up on Saturday. So Sunday is a free day and I've already told the family, I am watching football. Don't mess with me. There's going to be beers and football in my house and probably a lot of air conditioner. Hey, Ian, sorry, mate. Yeah. Do you mind if I just quickly uh, just mention one thing about that shithouse game that's going to be on tomorrow? Of course, uh, before we start with this shithouse game, yeah? Go for it. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, I honestly think this game could be over quicker than my sex life because I think they're going to basically <laughs> run the ball on both sides 100% of the time because both of these teams are actually really shit at defending the run. And even though Josh Jacobs isn't going to play, I think that even with a mixture of Zamir White and Abdullah, I actually think they're going to run the ball a shit ton and so are the Chargers. So I think even though obviously on third down, they're probably going to have some incompletions that might stop the clock. I think the first and second down run rate is going to be huge. And that's pretty much all you're going to see in this game. Doesn't take away from any of the analysis you guys just gave. It's going to be a horrendous game. But uh, I would be interested to see if either of these defenses can actually stop the run. Uh, that would be the only way I would see any points scored in this game. Yeah, it'll be really interesting. I think, you know, Khalil Max has, has had a little bit of a rejuvenation, but, but I, I would completely agree with everything you said. Uh, and if, if Khalil Mack can't uh, come to the table, then it, it could be a run fest. Absolutely. And Keenan Allen's out too. So that got announced today. There you go. so that's, that there you just go. makes it even worse. <laughs> it certainly does. So Sunday football Vikings and Cincinnati Bengals. We have Nick Mullins versus I don't know what's his name. Chad Bennington. No, hang on. Um, <laughs> Jack Browning. I know. I really know it's Jack Browning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think, I'm like eighty two percent sure he was just like making a joke there. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah um, no. no, no look, look. Sure. This should no, be. I, this is. This is uh look in terms of in terms of quarterback plays. This is Kirk Cousins like. Light versus Jake Burrow, light. I fucking versus Burrow light, basically. <laughs> so I've I've just mixed up names now, and I've just lost my shit. Uh, I'm actually genuinely looking forward to this game. Dobbs is back on the bench. Uh, Nick Mullins is going to start for the Minnesota Vikings, which makes a lot of sense. The Vikings traded for Mullins and brought him in uh, preseason to back up Kirk Cousins. And the only reason he hadn't gotten a start yet was because he was on IR at the point when Kirk Cousins did get injured, uh, which is highly ironic for Minnesota fans. Um, so hence why we ended up with Dobbs in a fairy tale two-game run and then just dove into a head first into a barrel full of apples and couldn't find his way back out again. Um, so, yeah, look, this could be 
could be fun. Jake Browning has been uh, playing well, but similarly to the to the the Dobbs thing, Dobbs played well for two, came in for a team played played really well for two games, and then it kind of went to shit against better defense. Uh, Browning has played really well for the past two games. The Vikings, uh, in terms of stats, when you talk about like, when you look up things like next gen stats, DVOA and stuff, the Vikings are number one in defense since week eight. So in all stats for since week eight. So they are, they basically flipped the script on last season and they're really pushing forward. So I, uh, I think it'll be an interesting thing. This, this Bengals offense, which seems to be still on a bit of a, on a heater against the Vikings defense. Uh, amazingly, the Vikings still in playoff contention, thanks to that three nil win, which in itself was insane, and I'll talk a bit, a bit more about that after you guys have a chat too. But seven and six now, uh, thanks to the Packers' loss, they're now at six and seven. That really helped out everything in terms of NFC seeding. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say. <clears throat> the, the, the game's going to be shite. That's what that's what you can say. I was waiting for you, um, Brad. <laughs> Minnesota is about as fun to watch as a Vernon Davis dick tackle. Um, it's just, <laughs> by the way, I hope, man, John, I hope you appreciate that reference. And if anybody's new to the NFL, just just look up Vernon Davis dick tackle, and you'll uh, you'll you'll have yourself a little treat. Um, anyway, so it's it's just it's going to be a horrific horrific. Uh, quarterback play in my opinion like you said browning has has played a good couple games and and even dobbs had a good couple games but i always say that new quarterbacks can do that because they don't have much tape on them and that's the thing about the nfl as soon as there's tape on you defenses are so good at seeing what you can do and what you can't do and they just put yourself put you in situations to to force you to do your weakness. And I think you're going to see that, you know, the Vikings do have a decent de- defense. So uh, I, I think though, that this could be uh, an ugly game. So that uh, speaking of ugly games, I really wanted to just bring this, this up the Vikings Raiders game from last week, the play, oh. some, the play summary is insanity. Uh I've I've often said before that I do get a bit down. I get a bit angry at, at Vikings football when it is going the wrong way. I was like that after about a quarter and a half, and then um, as I started seeing further and further after halftime, it was still at nil all. I started getting a bit excited that we might play the first ever nil all game. Um, so unfortunately, that got ruined. But this is just pure insanity. Punt, 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 punt. Missed field goal by the Vikings. Punt, punt. End of half. Punt, fumble, punt, 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 punt. This is real. Punt, field goal by the Vikings. Hurrah, we got to score. Interception from the Raiders. Punt and a fumble. What the fuck is that game? I just, we talked last week about the Patriots uh, game being one of the worst ever. And then somehow the Vikings and the Raiders just said, hold my beer. Let's just go. Um, And that's it. I just don't understand. Anyway, we should probably move on from that shit game and talk about some other teams. Um, Funnily enough, I don't know whether we're getting any better. Another Sunday, the second Sunday game for us in Australia, 8.30 a.m. here, the Steelers versus the Colts. 
Mitch Trubisky versus Gardner Minshew. I love watching the stash play every week. And those those jorts, baby. Fucking love love me oh, some jorts. Yeah. Those jorts. Yeah, I, not... I don't know how to set it up, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> the, well, you the... got seven. So this is our second lot of seven and six games. I mean, how many teams are, you know, seven and six? Uh, actually, so... no, sorry. It's just, it's just, yeah. Yeah. So, co- so of course, the, this to, to make it interesting. The Colts dropped to seven and six after after snapping a five game winning streak. Five, four, four, I think it was five. Uh, five game winning streak last week when they lost to the Bengals, to the Jake Brenning led Bengals uh, in a 34 to 14 loss. The, uh, on the other side of the ball, though, the Steelers, uh, through some, I, we don't know. We don't know what the hell happened in this game. Everybody thought the Steelers were going to absolutely run away over the Patriots, especially after the play that the Patriots have shown uh, over previous weeks. We thought this is going to be the lowest game, scoring game of all time. That over-under total was the the overhit by half time, uh, which I think eliminated nearly 99% of people that were putting bets on in the sports betting world. And the Steelers miraculously find a way to let Bailey Zappi throw for three touchdowns and the Patriots beat them 21 to 18 last week. So look, I mean, I have to favor the Colts in this one. They've been playing a lot better. They did come off a a pretty decent win streak. Uh, um, They didn't play so great against the Bengals. Not surprised, to be honest, the Bengals are a much better round all round team. Then the Colts are. The Colts are still sort of getting the stuff together. Um, but they have been sort of really coupling together a few wins here and there with Minshew under center. Um, Tay, you got any feelings on this game between the Steelers and the Colts? Yeah, I think what's going to be interesting in this game is I feel like there are two massive weaknesses uh, for each team, and they're both very, I guess, opposite from each other. Uh, basically, the Colts basically think that Moses is on the other side because they just part down the red middle of fucking sea. <laughs> like, they cannot stop anyone in the running game, and I actually think that's going to be very good for Pittsburgh in this game because, obviously, having Trubisky, they don't really want to pass a lot. So, if they could get Najee and Jalen Warren going in the rushing in the running game, I actually think that could actually set the platform for them pretty well in this game. Um, just in terms of for anyone in fantasy, I believe the Colts are 29th against the run, uh, against the running back position. So they they really don't stop that position very well. And on the flip side, the Colts should be able to pass the ball really easy. Uh, I don't know, is Fitzpatrick back? Um, I'm not sure if he is or not, but he uh, basically, the Steelers haven't been able to stop anyone in the secondary. So I think that Gardner Minshew is actually going to be able to pass the ball really easy. Like, I wouldn't be surprised, obviously, to see Pittman just eat in this game again. And then I wouldn't be surprised to see guys like, uh, you know, Josh Downs and, um, you know, just other guys like even Granson uh, coming in, probably have himself a decent game. I don't think Pittsburgh's going to be able to stop them in the air. So it'll be interesting to see whose weaknesses actually stand out more. Uh, but I do think this actually is a game where if Pittsburgh can run the ball early, they might actually set themselves up for a chance to win this one. Yeah, I, I, I would I would agree with you. I think the the sad thing is, you know, Pittsburgh still has a chance to make the playoffs and they are going to be one of the worst playoff teams, in, oh. in my opinion. Uh, it, it's real interesting, though, the, the 
noise. I don't know if you guys have heard it or not, but there's just a lot of grumblings about getting rid of Tomlin. Um, which yeah, is, yeah, I've heard I, a bit of that now. Yeah, uh, to me, that is the most asinine thing you you could possibly do. Um, I understand everybody's got a shelf life, but that dude is is a Hall of Fame first ballot coach. So I think Look, brother, I, I, I think a lot of it. Ball. I think a lot of it revolves around the fact that he's been there for 14 seasons and they've had four playoff wins in that entire stretch. Um, And this is from a coach who I guess everybody lords over the fact that he has has not had uh, a losing season. So Mm -hmm. you can, you can sort of draw the conclusion that the majority of those are obviously closer to 500 seasons, which just isn't good enough. Um, I understand it, but at the same time, I'm with you where I don't understand it. His his record stands pretty well. His defense record stands pretty well. I was going to say Pittsburgh, if they made the playoffs this year, would be the worst. Uh, sorry, they'd be the worst playoff team since themselves a couple of years ago when they beat Ben. <laughs> oh, oh, I that, can't believe yeah. when they got that seventh seed and they snuck in, and then they, everyone just knew they were going to lose by about fifty to the Chiefs. It was hilarious. Yep. Yes. Yeah, man. I think yeah, it's it's really hard with the Tomlin thing too. Just to he's really struggled since Big Ben retired. It's kind of like Belichick struggling about Brady. That's just what I really think it's kind of coming down to nowadays. Is that can Tomlin win without Ben Roethlisberger out there? And I know Matt Canada was an absolute shit house of a head coach, sorry, offensive coordinator. But still, I think th- there's signs there that. Tomlin might not be able to win without Big Ben and that killer B offense and how how well that went back in the day. And yeah, it's just it's really interesting. His legacy is kind of is kind of getting murky, just like Belichick's is kind of. It's a funny thing too. I'll I'll even look at the Bills in the same respect, right? Is whenever a team fires their OC, if things don't change in the next few weeks, then there's really no one else left to blame but the head coach. It's yeah, kind of like yeah. the, the OC is kind of like the first one to go, but it's like, all right, we need to actually see improvement over the next few weeks. Otherwise, it's like, well, the, the head coach can't blame anyone else. Like, it, it's, it, it, he kind of uses the OC as like a sort of a batting ram to, to, to not worry about it getting himself, you know, fired at that time. But then all of a sudden, he doesn't have anyone left to blame if all of a sudden things go to shit after they're fired. So, at least for the Bills' sake, obviously, it's worked so far. Uh, but with Tomlin, I guess that's why he's on the block. Is it's like they can't blame Matt Canada anymore. Blame Canada. Blame Canada. Oh, now, yeah, like uh, this is, and I, and I would you talk about the Steelers um, if they can make the playoffs. The Colts are in the same boat, basically. They're they're, they're sitting atop the they're sixth and seventh atop the uh, a six person uh, or a six team at seven and six pile right now uh, in the AFC. So one of these two teams gets. Basically, gets a bit of a, a booster game boost over the other after this week, um, unless they have, God forbid, they have a draw. Uh, yeah. The, oh, well, and I say this game is probably, in terms of its playoff implications, it's probably the biggest game of the week. It might not be the most fun to watch, but it definitely is, I think, has the biggest implications. Right now, analytics say that the Colts have a 40% chance to make the playoffs and the Steelers have a 31% chance if if they if the colts win it jumps to 64 
If Steelers win, it jumps to 48%. So, and both of them, whichever one loses, it's it's going to be hard to battle back. Uh, if they if the Colts lose, it drops down to 22%. And if the Steelers lose, it's only 10%. So in terms of what's on the line, this should be a good game. In terms of the product they're putting out on the field, it's not going to be very pretty. Yeah, for sure. Uh Look at another one of those teams that are sitting at seven six in that pile uh, in the AFC right now is the Broncos. They play. They go on to play the uh, Detroit Lions this week in the last of our Sunday Australian games uh, at twelve fifteen p.m. Well, wow, such a good. I don't know. It's a pretty good slate of games. It's a good. It's a good lot of games. I think to watch and not really pay a huge amount of attention to but you can still have fun watching football this week. Um, the Broncos, of course, coming off a 24-7 win over the Chargers last week. The Lions, however, got slapped about the face by the Chicago Bears and lost 28-13 to in a game that they most definitely needed to win um, and should have won. They now dropped to 9-4. and They are still atop of the NFC North, so they are still guaranteed something but they did us all a favour and kept the Bears in a really weird position in the NFC. Um, so that's that's where that ended up. Look, I, I don't know what's what's really going to come of this. The the Broncos coming into Detroit, um, Manjot, are we feeling confident that the Broncos can keep rolling here and push to eight and six? I think I'm 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 kind of confident actually. I'd I'd be confident if I was the Broncos because the way Jared Goff has been playing recently, I, I'm not entirely sure Jared Goff has been able to be called like a top half of the league QB in recent weeks. I mean, the way he's been playing has been abysmal, especially turnover wise. And going up against a great Denver defense, man, that could be a big sign for the Denver Broncos. They could take advantage of that, and they could have a really good day stopping this Lions offense. I think the Lions are going to have a bit of trouble this this game. Even though they're at home, it still didn't matter a couple weeks ago on Thanksgiving when they dropped that game to the Packers. I think these problems can be exploited by the Broncos, and I think the Broncos have a good shot at winning this. I am... Um... Sorry, all I was going to add was I think we may have a new contender for Guinness World Record for our secondary. Like the, the Lions are so bad, like they they cannot stop a wet fart. They, they that's exactly what I brought up with the Bears last week. Even though the Bears don't have a great passing offense, anyone can beat this Lions secondary at the moment. It, it just mm. doesn't look like they can stop it at all. They they're like a pass funnel. They 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 are bad to run against. They they stop the run. But but that everyone knows that, so they just pass on them all day, and they can't stop anyone. Like you even saw what a few weeks ago where they had that shootout with the Chargers, what forty one thirty eight, I think it was. Uh, it didn't really fill me of confidence. It was like, yeah, great, you had, you had a good offensive output, but your defense can't stop anything. And when it comes down to some of these like bigger games against some of the better teams, I think it's really going to be their Achilles heel. Uh, so I really need to see more out of their secondary this week if I'm going to be more confident in them and. You know, I've I've had my issues of Russ in the past. If anyone's listened to me on the podcast, but in the end, I have to give him his dues. Like he's been fine. Like he's been actually a very like he's definitely been a top half of the league quarterback this year. And uh, if he can keep finding Colton Sutton in the end zone, uh, I, I actually think the Broncos could easily be in this game. If not, I think they're going to put up twenty plus points. 
Yeah, I, I think it's if the Broncos were at home, I'd be much, much more confident because Russell Wilson plays so much better at home compared to on the road. At at home, he's got a 13 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio. On the road, he's 10 to 7. So he has he all almost all of his interceptions have, have obviously come on the road. And the but you guys are absolutely right about the Detroit defense. They have just really, really, really looked really bad. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who shows up. Broncos are obviously running on a high right now. It, what's it, fun fact from the Broncos? I just found this interesting and in doing a little bit of research. They've won the coin toss 11 times. Every time they've, they've deferred. So we got 14 games. They've won it 11 out of 14. So kudos to whoever's doing the coin toss. But they've deferred to the second half. So for that to listener, that means that you elect to kick off in the first half and you get the ball, you receive the ball uh, in the second half. So out of those 11 times that they've gotten possession in, this, in the third quarter, in the second half, they have accumulatively had one first down, 11 possessions, one first down. That is just a, a freaky, freaky stat. Lose so, the toss. That's what I say. Lose the toss. Just lose yeah. the toss. Yeah, just call right. it. Just when, it, when, it, when that coin goes in the air, don't call anything. Just yeah, right, it. right, right. <laughs> I refuse. I refuse to call it. <laughs> nah, you got it, mate. Nah, it's all right. <laughs> they, defer, they defer their coin toss decision to Detroit. To yeah, Detroit. That's right. yeah. yeah. I look, this is this sets up this actually sets up as a really interesting game standings wise in each of their respective uh divisions. Denver could has a chance to take the lead in the AFC West with a win this week. Jeez. Uh and crazy. Which would mean <laughs> The Lions with a loss, if Minnesota can manage to get a win earlier in the day, um, that will put Minnesota back just one game away from the Lions with two games to play against the Lions. So um, it could be very interesting, very, very interesting in terms of the divisional standings for that. So let's talk about that other AFC West team at the moment who is leading the AFC West, and that, is, of course, is Kansas City. Um, they take on the Patriots this week in New England. I know it doesn't seem like much, but I, the Chiefs just haven't been playing well. I don't think they, they played that well last week. Um, and I have to... I guess they were close against the Bills, but the Bills still, the Bills still dominated more of that game. The Bills wanted more of the game uh, in Week 14. And I think that's a lot of reason why the Bills ended up winning that. They took a they took a lead. They really flustered the Chiefs. Uh, and we all know the Chiefs have zero wide receivers that they can trust right now. They, we've been talking about it for weeks on this podcast. Other people have been talking about it a lot. They just don't have a wide receiver core to support Patrick Mahomes um, at all. And I think a lot of that in... Uh, 2023 is the problem with why they can't seem to achieve anything. Am I wrong? No, no, not at all. Just nope from there, John. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he's not wrong, not at all. I mean, I've been saying the same thing too. Brad's been saying the same thing too. We all agree, I'm sure about that. I'm sure Taylor, you agree too. 
Well, the thing is for me is I actually feel like the first five or six weeks or so, we were kind of giving the Chiefs offense a pass because we were like, oh, this this Chiefs Mm. defense is far better than it's been in other years and Pat Mahomes doesn't have to do anything. They're still winning games, blah, blah, blah. But the problem is I think we were missing some of the signs that this team actually can't move the ball. They're just getting lucky that their defense is actually winning these games for them. And then recently when the defense hasn't sort of stood up as well as it was earlier in the year, all of a sudden they can't move the ball. Like as soon as they, you know, how many times did you used to just go, oh, the Chiefs are down by three points in the last two minutes. We just know. We, we just know. Like we know that Pat Mahomes is going to lead a drive here. And, and win the game. We just, you don't even have to watch it. It's like, it may, honestly, if you were betting on it, it'd probably be like a dollar ten that he's going to win the game from three points down. Doesn't matter how much time's left. And all of a sudden this year, he just can't string it. He can't string a drive together. Like he, I'm not trying to sit here and blame Pat Mahomes the whole time. I do think he deserves some of the blame, but uh, he's yeah, his receiving core is just dog shit, and they can't rely on Travis Kelsey forever. So mm. I, I, I don't know how it changes. I don't know if they need Rasheed Rice. Uh, involved even more because he's clearly their best receiver. But yeah, at the moment, they've got a lot of things they need to work out. And Andy Reid needs to put that mind because uh, everyone gives him all the credit in the world, which he deserves, but he really needs to earn it this year. I'm, I'm incredibly surprised Kadarius Tony is still, even still on that team. Oh. Right now. After losing them a game in week one where he he, he, he couldn't catch a cold in a – he couldn't catch a cold in winter, basically um, – he then loses in this game the last week against the Bills. Like he, he absolutely lost that game for him. Um, so I just, I'm surprised he still they haven't released him. To be honest, um, yeah, I thought they would have by now. All right, can I just say by the way, thank God this game got flexed off prime time as well. Oh yes, the absolutely. Patriots an absolute sack of shit themselves. I don't think the Chiefs deserve this game to be in prime time either. It, it's just a. I think this one deserves to be at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Just get it out of the way. Bury it with all the other ones because, man, this one's not going to be a great game, I reckon. I think if the Patriots' defense, they're still kind of decent here. If they have a chance, the Patriots, to win this game, it'll be through their defense. Although, I'm not sure if they want to win this game considering they already messed up the tank enough last week winning against the Steelers. Yeah, I don't project this as a get-right game for the Kansas City Chiefs, honestly, in terms of their offense, because like me and I just said, the Pats' defense has actually been very good. What was it, three straight games where they, they gave up 10 or less points and lost all three? Like, it was, it was, it's yeah. absolutely insane. Like Their defense has actually been great. It's just their offense, which is a bag of dicks. So, I, yeah. I like I said, I don't think this is a game where, again, the Chiefs are going to need to score a whole lot of points. So... I don't think this is a get-right moment for them, but I, I think they still win, but I, I don't think it's going to be some you know, offensive explosion. I mean, I'd be really surprised if they do manage to keep him to, uh, to even probably 15 points or less. It'd be fascinating if they can manage to keep the Chiefs to that little. Yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> All right, let's – um, how about we move on and we talk about the Bears who are going to Cleveland to face the Browns. This week, the Bears, of course, coming off a win against the Lions, as we spoke about earlier, uh, are going to face the Cleveland Browns, who haven't really been performing as well as they should have in the last couple of weeks, despite playing a 31-27 to 27 win over on the weekend uh, against the Jags. And Joe Flacco basically just 
standing up for the Chicago for the Cleveland Browns. My boy. The weirdest thing ever to have Joe Flacco be this Cleveland hero all of a sudden after he spent so many years breaking their hearts when he played with the, the Ravens. Uh, here he is throwing three TDs and uh, 311 yards to to really help Cleveland get home and win this game over the Jags. Um, it's such a weird experience seeing Joe Flacco as a Brown. Oh man, it, it's it's, it's not, not definitely not what you expect. I mean, it it's not Joe Flacco of you know Super Bowl MVP Flacco, but it's really weird to see him uh, with the Browns and he's playing well. Um, I think so, he's playing better than he played last year with the Jets. To be honest, oh yeah, hundred hundred percent. I mean, it helps that he's got a well. I was going to say a ten times better defense, but it's not. It's I think it's I don't know what it's picking up for him. Um, but he is just playing better. Maybe it's just because he's coming in fresh and the other teams are all banged up. Um, they their Browns hold the top uh spot for the wild card right now. And you know, he looked good, like we said last week. What concerns me is in terms of if I'm a Cleveland fan, I'm worried about the Bears. They've won back-to-back games for the first time ever under Eberflus. So, and they've won their last three out of the four, and their defense is playing lights out. So I I wouldn't it wouldn't shock me to see uh the Bears pull off the upset here. And look guys, I don't want to come in here and toot my own horn and pat myself on the back. <laughs> oh wait, yes I do. Uh, I I actually brought up when they brought when they brought in Flacco and uh I believe your esteemed host Ian actually said I was a bit of a goober for saying that I thought Flacco would be better for this offense than uh, DTR. But anyway, I digress. Well, uh, but, come on. Uh, I, I, <laughs> it was Joe Flacco. Honestly, I hadn't seen that sweet beard yet. So, you know. <laughs> well, honestly, even I couldn't have predicted like him, you know, stepping in and playing this well. I, I didn't expect three touchdown games and mm. stuff like that. I, I just thought that he was better. It was probably looking at it from a fantasy lens, like I obviously like to do. I just thought it was going to be better for the receiving core. I just thought that at the moment, you know, with, you know, Deshaun Watson sort of, you know, half in, half out all the time. And then you had DTR who really didn't want to release the ball too far past the line of scrimmage. I just thought with Joe Flacco, he's not scared. He's a veteran and he's happy to actually air it out. And sometimes that actually works against him. You know, he's he's, he's very turnover prone. But at the same time, he's happy to air it out too. So I just thought that this, this might actually give an opportunity for some of these skill players to actually get going. And they've got a good enough defense to sort of, be okay with a couple of turnovers. So, yeah, I, I, look, the jury's out whether he's like 100% the best option for them in terms of winning games. But in terms of actually facilitating their guys, he's been amazing for them. But uh, I, I just want, if I'm touching on this game, I, I'm with uh, Brad. Like, the Bears' defense is something that I, I uh, sort of outlined last week and why I was worried about the lines against the Bears. This Bears defense has completely turned everything around. They obviously traded for Sweat um, at the st- in the at the deadline, and mm. it's just changed everything. Like they they are so good. Obviously, they they missed Tremaine Edmonds there for a while as well, and and he's helped them since he's been back. And just generally, like if you're looking at this Bears defense and looking at stats over an entire season, throw it out the window because look at them over yeah. the last four weeks. They've completely changed their entire season. 
And I think because they know they're basically getting their first pick overall from Carolina, I think they've decided why are we bothering tanking? Like why? Let's just go for it because at worst we're getting that number one pick anyway. So let's try and win yeah. games. Let's try and see what Fields can do. And and I I just think this is a bit of a like rehearsal for whether they want to keep Fields or whether they want to use that first pick uh, on a quarterback or trade it. So. Yeah, like I said, I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. I think the over-under is 38 and a half. I, I would take the under. Uh, I don't think this is going to be a Flacco game. I think this is going to be one where you're going to see him sort of regress a bit. And I think the Bears' defense is going to really step up again here. But I think the Browns' one is too. So I see this being a very grinded-out, low-scoring game. Well, you, you, know, you talk about the defense. that they've had. The Bears have had 11 takeaways in their past three games. And in their uh, after they only had nine takeaways in their first ten games, so exactly. yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. Night and day uh, differences. Yeah, yep, absolutely, hundred yeah, percent. All right, let's 100%. move on. Let's move on and talk Buccaneers Packers. Uh, the Packers coming off a crushing loss to the New York Giants and Tommy Cutlets. They went down twenty four twenty two to the Giants last week. Uh, whereas on the flip side, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers ground out a twenty nine to twenty five win over the Atlanta Falcons. Brad, we're into Falcons talk for week yeah. fifteen. <laughs> hey. How we are? How are we feeling about the Bucks and the Packers, Brad? Well, you know, for for two six and seven teams, it's it's hard to get excited. But uh, I just I have a hard time. I really do not want us personally. I do not want to see Tampa Bay in the playoffs again. And they're they're just incorrect opinion, Brad. Incorrect opinion. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Incorrect opinion. Uh, I love that. Yeah. Baker apologist over there. <laughs> yes. I, wa- I want to see Baker in. I want to see Baker in in the playoffs. Thank you. Well, I, I love Baker. Like, I, but it's just the idea of Tampa Bay, the franchise. I, I don't. I don't want to see him uh, in there again. But I love know. Baker too. And just on a tangent, some idiot on a Vikings page just yesterday suggested actually it was called the Vikings age, which is a publication that think that they're Vikings fans, but write the most ridiculous articles uh, on the internet (laughs) decided to put five QBs that the Vikings should be looking at for next season. And you're thinking they're all going to be rookies. They should be no number one, Baker Mayfield. What the, I mean, as much as I'd love to see Baker Mayfield in purple, like who writes this shit anyway? Sorry, Brad. That's that's, that's a digression. That's just clickbait. That's that's all that is, you know. Uh, I I I don't know. It's Green Bay looked just confused as a fart in a fan factory last week. So it's <laughs> I just wonder which Green Bay is going to show up. So if it's if it's the Jordan Love of a couple weeks ago, then yeah, it, it could be lights out for Green Bay uh, or for Tampa Bay rather, but. It's just both teams have been playing woeful this last couple of weeks. Tampa Bay's receivers, in my opinion, are just looking old. So I, I, I'm not too excited about this game, but I hope it, Jordan Love kind of shows his stuff and gets back his mojo. Yeah, well, yeah I thought. Really, yeah, I got to say, it's really weird, boys, just to think that 
one of these teams is most likely going to get a playoff spot as well in the NFC. That's just how weak the NFC wildcard teams have been this year. That both teams are literally playing for a wildcard spot and the Buccaneers themselves being in a division spot as well. So 100%, guys, this is a big game in terms of NFC playoff predictions. Sorry, NFL, uh, NFC playoff picture. But yeah, look, it's just... It's really interesting how how bad the NFC is, apart from their top three teams, that, hey, or top four teams, shall I say, that, hey, you know, these two teams are going to be pretty highly seeded. It's, yeah, and, and I'll let you guys, other guys, chime in here, but it's it's really interesting. The Bucks are, what are they, uh, a three-point, three-and-a-half, they're getting three-and-a-half points, so, and if you're a betting person, they're six and one against the spread in road games this season. So it's, they know the betters know what they're doing there. So it's going to be a close game. And yeah, I, I don't know who I would take, to be honest with you. Mm, have to agree. All right, let's move on. I was going to say, really, yeah. I know this isn't groundbreaking analysis, but it really is all on Jordan Love because they're not going to be able to run the ball at all against this Bucks mm. front. Like they, they are just amazing at stopping the run game. So even if Jones was to come back, I wouldn't expect a mix of him and Dylan to be able to do much. It's pretty. It's funny they seem to use Jaden Reed uh, more in the running game than they even use AJ Dylan, which speaks volumes. Uh, but really, it's going to come down to love. And honestly, it's going to come down to how he, he handles pressure. I believe the Bucks are top five in, in uh, uh, blitz rate. So they blitz the quarterback a lot. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how he deals with that. And like Brad said, it's going to be, it's going to be, do we see the two weeks ago Jordan Love? Or do we see the pumpkin that we saw out of him against the Giants? So uh, I, I think it's going to be a close game too. Uh, I would take the plus three and a half, honestly, because... Oh, I think it's going to come down to the last play. Do you think that I'm curious because while while we've got you here on the cast, uh, do you think that Rashad White is going to continue his his role? You know how he's been playing really good the last couple of weeks. Do you think that's going to continue on in this game, or is he going to be regress? I I was pretty high on him in the preseason. Honestly, I didn't expect this. Like I didn't expect yeah. the top five back, but. I, I didn't understand how he wasn't going to get the volume. And I, I still think the jury's out on him in terms of how skilled he is as a running back. He's amazing in the passing game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as an actual pure running back in, in between the tackles, I, I definitely have seen a lot more talented guys than him. But yeah. he handles the workload great. Uh, this Green Bay team doesn't stop the run at all. Like mm. I actually think this game is a great Rashad White game because they're a bit more beatable on the ground than they are in the air. Yeah. So I, I actually think he's going to have a great game here. And you sprinkle in, you know, four to six targets to him like he basically seems to get every single game. Yep. Uh, I I think he's going to have another great game here for sure. I, I can't see why he wouldn't. Cool. All right. Now I know where to put my money. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> Don't spend too much of it though, Brad. If, you, if you're going, <laughs> if you, if there anyone is betting with White, I would always go the the yards uh, receiving and rushing combined because the problem is like I'd never hundred percent trust him on the ground because sometimes even in a great matchup like this, because he isn't an amazing you know running back into you know between the tackles like I said, he sometimes mm. can have like a twenty for sixty sort of game 
But then yeah, you look at the box score and he has six for 50-something in the in the passing game as well. So I would always take the, the, the double on that because let's say he's over under 72 or something on rushing. I would rather take like 90 total. Uh, because even if he's a bit, you know, his yards per carry is a bit low, you can still, you know, maybe get a chance of 40 to 50 passing yards as well. So uh, that's mm. just something for anyone out there that's looking to back uh, Rashad White. I like that. Right, we got to move on. AFC South, big matchup between the Texans and Tay's boys, the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> Uh, the Texans, of course, coming off a brutal loss to the New York Jets last week, 30-6, to where they lost wide receiver Tank Dell for the season. Uh, many other players got hurt, um, mm. and it was just a, a brutal, brutal game against the Jets for the Texans. The Titans, however, your boys, Tay, Will Levis, played out of his skin to lead them home 28 28- to 27 against the high flying dolphins. Uh, it was what a game last week was for the Titans, mate. Mate, he played out of his banana peel. Uh, he was banana peel. <laughs> Mayo Mahomes, as uh, me and Jot likes to call him. He, hey, I, hey, let's go. The thing is, right, and, and I brought this up on the fantasy pod uh, that'll come out later in the week is when you've got a rookie quarterback, all you're after is flashes. You know, you know, there's going to be. Bad, bad plays. You know, there's going to be stupid, you know, reads and, you know, throwing bad passes and stuff like that. That's just going to happen from rookies. But what you want is just those plays that make you think, all right, this guy has got something. And I, I brought up too, I don't feel like I've seen any of it from Bryce Young. That's my worry on him is is I, I get all the rookie pains. I do. And he's got a terrible organization right now around him. I get all that. But you just want to see a few of those plays that you can sort of take into the offseason and go, yep, this is the guy for our future and this is why we can build. And and I've seen so many of those plays out of Levis. Obviously, he had that game against Atlanta for the four touchdowns and had to rapport with Hopkins. And then he sort of, you know, regressed pretty quickly. This was sort of the, uh, that extra sort of push for me to go, yeah, I think we've got the right guy here. And it's not just all the, the skill plays. It's just he gives a shit. Like, I've never seen a guy, like, come into the league. He fucking tries to run over the defenders. Like, he doesn't even slide. He just goes, through <laughs> this. I'm just going to run over Jalen Ramsey. Like, he, he just gives a shit. And you can tell how much he cares. Uh, even though he's had some issues, obviously, with Hopkins and stuff like that. Hopkins came out straight away this week and said, like, the guy's going to be an absolute stud. Like, they've obviously had their issues, but I think in the end, he really respects him. And and that's all this was. Like, I, as a Titans fan, I wasn't sure if I really wanted them to win the game. I, I still feel like they're obviously going to miss the playoffs, and it's probably better for them to sort of sort of fade out and get a better pick. But in the end, like, if, if this guy is going to want to win games, I'm all for it. Like, because... I think that's only going to help him in the future because if he's doing this as a rookie, I would love to see what he's doing two years down the line, um, you know, with this amount of will to win. Will, you know, great fun. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the Titans could could surprise him just simply because of the Texans are just decimated by injury. You know, oh. they're, they're without their top three receivers. So, I, well, I don't know what the status is on um, Nico Collins. but Yeah, he's uh, got a calf injury, which always worries me. Like, yeah, I, again, exactly. So, Tank Dell's out. And I don't know about Schultz, if he's coming back. I don't, I don't, I think he's doubtful. 
still. And if they're without Nico Collins, and then they they lost one of their their best offensive linemen uh, in the last game. So, it, and then of course Stroud's in concussion yeah. protocol. So this is one of these games that it just injury is going to take a toll, and it would not surprise me if Tennessee they've got the momentum if they come up and surprise them. Also, I'll just say Derrick Henry has the most ridiculous record against the Houston Texans. Oh. <laughs> like I think he had like what was it five, four or five straight two hundred yard games against them and multiple touchdowns. Like he just yeah. loves playing this team, and and honestly, like. You know, all it's taken is just a few injuries, like Brad said, to this Texans team. And I'm actually starting to get pretty confident. The, the Titans have played pretty well, especially at home this year. Uh, so I don't know. Like, I actually am starting to get the feeling that they probably will, might win this game. Like, probably might. Doesn't make any sense. I'm going to say they actually will win this game. I'm going to yeah. be tipping them. At home. Yeah, mate, I have to be with you. At home, I think they could be a real, a, a real force here against the Texans, like a real dark horse. Um, yeah, definitely if Shroud's out too, I'd, I'd definitely yeah. lean the Titans away. I'm not trusting Davis Mills, no offense to Davis Mills, but I'd, I'd rather the Texans have Stroud. Otherwise, I think the Titans are going to be pretty good. I think especially that record Henry has against them, you could just feed him like the whole game and really control the clock, control the time of possession, and that'll make it pretty hard for the Texans as well. So Taylor, I'm just curious as a fan, do you want them to win or lose? <laughs> well, that was my that's what I just mentioned in that Miami game. I'm sitting there going, I don't know what I want here. And mm. I, I think at the time I wanted them to lose, honestly, because I, mm. I just all I was looking at was we're not gonna make the playoffs. Why yeah. would we want winning? Uh you right. know, you obviously want the better pick. But at the same time, like I said, like with with a rookie like this who's clearly showing uh, that he wants to win. I don't think that's a bad thing moving forward either. So, yeah. uh, honestly, I'm at a point now where I'm kind of just fine either way. Like, if they, you know, lose out, but they're showing signs, like Will Levis is showing signs, I'm happy with that. But if they then go on a run and just miss the playoffs too, I'm kind of like, that's good signs for the future for me too. And especially if Will Levis is playing well, I, I, don't, I don't see how that's a bad thing. So, sometimes I kind of look at it and go, they're not going to get a top five pick with where yeah. they are. So, it's kind of like, What's the worst thing that happened? They win a few games at the end of the year and they go from seventh to twelfth. Like, I just really don't think that's going to make a huge difference. Like, they're not going to go after a quarterback, so it's kind of just going to be like they pick a different O lineman, you know, from twelve, and they might have picked at seven. They might even get the same guy. Like, mm. I just don't mm -hmm. think it matters that much enough for me to go. Shit, I really need this team to tank. Now, once you get out of the quarterback range, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it basically does. Don't get me wrong, Nick. There might be, like, they reckon there's four that might sort of sit around that top ten. Like, there's obviously the two that are standing out, but then there's kind of a couple more as well. But I don't think the Titans are going to be, especially if Will Levis finishes this season really well, I don't think the Titans are going to be a team in the quarterback market. They they took about three shots in a row in, like, you know, between the second and fourth round uh, with Malik Willis as well. Uh, I don't think they're going to do that again. So no, I, I think I think they've found the right guy, Will Levis. I think that's yeah, the right guy, at, at least for the they next need. five years, so... I need an offense. I think he's done like enough that. to earn himself another <laughs> shot. Yeah, yeah. Just they've got to protect. They've got to protect him. He's just they. They have. They basically have mailman fucking playing offensive line at the moment. Like they, they have to build around it and and actually give him a chance because you know what he's doing. Given that he's just getting fucking pressured all the time with that horrendous offensive line, uh, I'd love to see what he can do if there's actually good guys protecting him. Mm, yeah, O line. 
Reckon, you know, they could have bolstered their defense here and there as well. R really, they have a few options. They have to build quite a bit on that roster, to be fair, Taylor. So, oh, they're my you know, way. They have a lot of yeah, issues. But I think O-line makes it. sense first because you 100%. want to see what you've got in Levis. So I think that's where I'd be spending my really early capital. And then, yeah, like you said, obviously their secondary is a massive issue too. So uh, I'd be looking at pieces there. But I think offensive line's their biggest issue first. Yeah. Fun, fun fact. In the history of Monday Night Football, and I apologize if you mentioned this earlier and I missed it, but in the history of Monday Night Football, he Will Levis is the first rookie to ever throw over 300 yards. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's well, wow. well, wow. first one. That's a lot. First one in, on Monday Night Football ever. Yeah. Well. And, and sorry, like they he could have easily given up on that game. 27-13, you know, yeah. with what 251 yeah. to go. Owen was Owen 700 and something when teams are down by 14 with less than three minutes to go. 767. Um, there you go. Uh, it was in the, since 2016. Yeah. Shout out Marky Mark. Sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, speaking of Marky Mark, we've got to move on. Uh, let's talk about those other two teams, the Jets and the Dolphins. Um, they play each other this week. What uh, a segue. Yeah, what a segue. Look at me, king of segues. Um <laughs> Get me on that two-wheel beast. Wait, wrong segue. Uh, Jets go into Miami for a bit of a holiday um, where they will likely get pounded back into um, some kind of reality against a Dolphins team who are going to be very pissed off after that loss against the Titans. Manjot, do you see it going any other way? I mean, if we watch the Black Friday game... I think it's going to go pretty similar to that. And that was in MetLife Stadium as well. So I think this this rematch, I don't think it'll go any other way. I don't think the Jets have improved that much recently. Even, although Zach Wilson did have a great week last week, 300 yards, which is absolutely cooking against the Texans. I just think the Dolphins' defense, they're going to be ready once again. They're going to be pressuring him once again. I think Zach Wilson, he has a good game every now and then, but then there's a lot of bad mixed in as well. So I think he's going to regress this game, unfortunately. That's just how I feel about it. Unless somehow he's, like, willing the Jets to get Aaron Rodgers back for playoff run or something. Who knows what's going on there? <laughs> I've, I, it's hard to... I know, that, again, this is not groundbreaking at all for me. It's all about Tyreek. Like we saw how bad that offense is as soon as he goes out. Yeah. So if if he's limited in any way, I think he will play. But if he's limited, well, they uh, had they had him in at the end of that game. Yeah, yeah, they in they, such a me, weird second set of circumstances, they put him in on special teams to to do a kick return or punt it return. Looked, um, it to and he like played that. a bit of offense, and then after he went off again, and then. And then they went to shit. They choked the game after he went off, and he didn't come back for the final drive. So, yeah, totally. Like, he was the entire difference in that game. So I, I'm not entirely sure because the Jets' defense, especially their secondary and their cornerbacks, nice. are the massive, massive strengths of their team. And honestly, I think with Tyreek being out, that, that would be a huge blow to the Dolphins. Tyreek... Just to prove his MVP sort of, you know, uh, caliber, 
he's been the only one that's been able to do anything against that Jets defense in the last like 10 weeks. Like every other receiver, wide receiver ones just get completely shut down. Tyreek was the only one that was actually able to have a really, really good game against them. So it just proves again, like he's just an absolute outlier and just an absolute freak. But it just proved again, like when he went out, this, this Miami offense just turned into a pumpkin so they're gonna need him there and then like i said if he's not even a full hundred percent against a very good jets defense uh i I do actually have some concerns i'm not all of a sudden thinking zach wilson's gonna just go out there and just sling it like he you know was able to do in the second half last week but i don't know it it worries me a little bit uh but like you said there is a bounce back factor to miami and if tyreek's you know 80 90 percent uh you would think they're gonna get the job done but yeah, it could be an interesting. It is a divisional game too, so um, we'll we'll sort of wait and see. Yeah, but- I think I think everything. I would agree with everything you said. I think the one unspoken thing is their the Miami's offensive line. They were without two of their starters, and then the the third one, uh, their their center, he went down. Uh, yep. And if that's the case this week, without three starting O linemen. That could be huge, um, you know. From it, this is just me, but it, it, from a betting standpoint, uh, they're right now they're eight and a half uh, favorites. If those three offensive linemen are injured, I'd still t- pick Miami to win, but I might take the Jets and the points. To be honest with you, they rely on most at Nachan to to really get going too. So if if they don't have those O linemen, that's going to hurt their run game as well. So that's that's. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, like you're right, it's just not going to help. Well, we've got a few big games still to talk about. So how about we power through the next couple of uh, of, of weak ones, uh, these down ones. Let's, um, There's no have... such thing as weak games in the NFL, Ian. <laughs> okay, the New York Paisans go to New Orleans to face Derek Carr, the uh, Terminator Derek Carr and Chris Olave. Um, surely... I mean, the Saints are going to win this. That's all I can really say here. As much as the the Giants are uh, this feel good story with with Tommy DeVito right now, um, and he's playing some good football. Definitely some probably better football than Daniel Jones would be at this point in the season. Um, I I just the way the way the Saints played, especially last week, um, Alave and Carr, who you cannot kill, um, he. You just cannot kill. He is the Terminator. Um, yeah, I, I just can't see them come. I can't see any other way out here other than the Saints coming away with this win. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be closer than what you think. Uh, just just because Dayball, he's he's proven now. I, I'm convinced the dude is a little bit of a quarterback wizard, just in the sense that he raises the floor of his quarterbacks. You saw him do it uh, with Josh Allen and Buffalo. You saw him doing it with Daniel Jones. And now you're seeing it with Tommy DeVito that he's putting these guys, he's doing done a good a job as any coach that I've seen of saying, okay, what can my quarterback do? And then he, and he builds a scheme around that. Um, unlike Minnesota, who just kind of did it tokenistic when they said they were going to do it with Dobbs. Um, I feel like Dable is actually doing that with DeVito. Now, granted, it's only been three games, but the dude is playing lights out. And it's clear 
I don't know if you guys listened to the TV copy of that game, but they could not talk him up mm. any more than what they were about how much the team is behind him and how much the team believes in him and all this and that. And it makes for a great story. Um, and then on the flip side, you saw the Saints imploding a little bit. You got Derek Carr yelling at his center as they're coming off the field. I think when Carr got sacked or interception or something like that. So it, that kind of stuff is real in terms of team dynamics. So I think it'll be a fun game to see how it plays out. I think New Orleans is definitely the better team, but it, New York is riding a wave right now. So it'll it'll be fun. I I just never trust the Saints. Uh, there's yeah. something about them. They, they, they whether they're leading games, they always let the other team in and you know, I just don't trust Derek Carr. Like honestly, I feel like he's been a like a sideways move at best from buddy Andy Dalton last year. Like he just has so many moments where he just, you know, turns into an absolute turd. And mm. and like, I just don't trust this offense at all. Like he, the amount of times Olave just seems like he's open and he just doesn't have the rapport with him. And, uh, you know, basically outside of just dumping it off to Kamara, this offense just doesn't really seem to, you know, have any sort of flow to it. It looks like they'll get Taysom Hill back. And it's crazy that, like, Taysom Hill was actually such a huge part of this offense, but he really is. Like, he's just a, a sort of Swiss Army knife for them because mm-hmm. he, he helps them, obviously, in the rush in the red zone in terms of rush attempts. And then he basically plays three positions. So I think getting him back is going to help. Them at home is definitely a different beast. Like, they, they definitely seem to win most of their home games. So... I think I would obviously pick the Saints, but I'm with you. Like this, we had a question right about five weeks ago, and and it was on our fantasy pod, and it was basically someone writing in saying, "Should I start everyone I have against the Giants?" And I was the first one that said, "Well, no, because the Giants actually have a pretty good defense. Like I, yeah. I don't really see them as as a target, like a target defense. Like if anything, they play sort of lower scoring games and." I think people miss. I think people miss that fact too, because just yeah. because you look at the offense and see how shit it is. But they see them losing games. They had a yeah. horrendous record for the first like eight or nine weeks, and they just thought, "Oh, it means the Giants must be terrible everywhere." And really, it was just because they had a horrendous offense, and they obviously, you know, just a, had injuries and stuff like that. But I, and I a terrible know, and a terrible to... terrible schedule in the first few weeks of the ga- of the season too, though. I just think the Saints team is always going to allow the other team back in the game and they're a turnover waiting to happen at any moment. And and yeah. honestly, this Giants defense can cause turnovers. And I so I'm never going to feel 100% comfortable in the Saints, but I will say I will be tipping them in this game because I do believe they will win, but I don't think it's going to be a blowout. There is some mm. there is some fun to have here, though, if, uh, if Tommy DeVito and the Giants do get the win over the Saints. Because they play the Eagles for the, in twice in the next three weeks after yeah, that, that's and and uh, it would be a hundred percent hilarious if the Giants play themselves into a uh, a wild card berth by beating the Eagles <laughs> even once, um, especially because one of those is on Christmas as well. So it'd be hilarious. Uh, mm. Let's move on to actual Falcons talk for Week Fifteen. They come up against Carolina Panthers. Oh my God. <laughs> Two teams that had two big losses last week. You can currently get tickets if you are in the US <laughs> for this game. I was about up, to say that. Up in the bleachers for the low, low price of 45 cents. <laughs> what? 45 cents. 45 cents, Brad. American. 
You'd have to pay me 45 cents. A couple of dimes. The beers will cost you more than the tip seats will. It is insane. Talk about talk about dollar beer nights. This is they need to be giving away beer so if they can get those, sell those 45 cent tickets. Um sure, boys, we can't spend too much time on this one because it is this is a dog shit game. The Falcons have just they're so up and down. They're all over the place. I know Brad's they've held a special place in Brad's heart. Um, weeks on end. Please tell me you didn't watch all of that Tampa Bay Falcons game, Brad. Um, ah, oh, shit, you did. <laughs> oh, no. I know what you mean by all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean just fast forward in the ads. <laughs> I, 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 I may have, I may have watched every play. Um, so I, I admit I'm a bit of a sadist, you know, when it comes. To Atlanta. You uh, love this team. The over wait, wait, Brad, the over under for this game is 34 and a half. That oh, is it's insanely low again. Like, oh, it, it is. You know, but the Falcons would have won if it hadn't been for Young Ho Koo and his poo of a kicker. I mean, <laughs> it's just hey, this is two kicks. He was catching, this is what it. worries me about Aubrey, is they were they were talking up Koo so much for the last yes. couple of weeks too about yes. how he's got a better percentage than Tucker and he's yes. even yeah. the league's best kicker now and blah 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 and then all of a sudden he just you know, went went to shit. I, I like I've got that worry about Aubrey now because everyone's saying the same thing about him. The Falcons, yeah. the yeah. Falcons are two and four uh, away this season, and of course <laughs> the Panthers, who are only one and twelve, are one and four at home. This is going to be a garbage game. And I don't know who to tip. I'm probably going to tip the Falcons just because I know the Panthers will will, want to lose it. But the Panthers, thanks to other games that have happened uh, in the last couple of weeks, the Panthers have got – they can afford to win two games and still get the the first overall pick. I don't know. It's not even their pick. But they could still end up at the bottom end. They could still win games and be the last team in – the entire league. Yeah. So what? they do worry me against the Falcons or the Falcons worry me that they're going to do what? something stupid. Why do the Panthers want to lose it? They don't even have their pick next year. I know. Oh, I shit. don't understand. That's what's, but they're eliminated. That's, it's what's got so me. They... It's what's got me. It's got me so fucked this year. Tay is that are the Panthers trying to lose games for no reason because they don't have their pick. Like, are they that dumb or are they just that bad a team? Like I think, I think it's a hundred percent that that bad. Like I just think they've yeah. built. I, I've talked about this before too. They've just built their team wrong. They've they've spent money in the wrong positions and uh, yeah, like giving up everything really, for a quarterback. Well, they gave up everything draft wise for a quarterback. Then they spent too much money on Miles Sanders, and then mm. they decided our best way to to help Bryce Young was to go get. Look, Adam Thielen's been good. Like, if anything, he's been actually better than what anyone expected. But he's not—he's not a needle mover. Like, he's not the kind of guy that's going to, you know, help elevate this rookie. And well, then... that, that's right. You 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 gave up everything to get to get a uh, a top level quarterback, rookie quarterback. But in giving up everything, that included giving up your best wide receiver, like your what? number one wide receiver. Like, it's yeah. Just, what's this? I was just going to say what's been horrendous like from last year to this year is their offensive line. Like that used to be, that was actually one of their best traits last year. Like they used to get Deontay Foreman and they used to bend back defensive lines and, and win games because they ran the ball heaps. And, 
this year, I liked Miles Sanders coming into the fantasy season because I thought this offensive line could have done the same thing for him. And it's been the complete opposite. Like, that offensive line's almost as bad as the Titans. Like, they, it is so bad. And you can see it from week one. And it just, like, I jumped off Sanders so quickly in terms of my love for him in fantasy this year in week one, purely because of that, because this offensive line is terrible. Hmm. Yeah, they they yeah. are. They are. It, uh, the the Falcons are going to win the game. I'm surprised it's only a three point spread. Yeah, I am too. So am I. Because the the Panthers games have been yeah. The all the Panthers games have been massive scores too, like much bigger than than the mm. three point spread that we've got here. So I think it's. I'm really sorry, crazy. I've talked about this game too much. Listen. I've talked about it too. That's why I was trying <laughs> to move on. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's same. It's the same with this game. To be honest, we do have to talk about it just for the sake of the pod. But Commanders Rams. Um, I, Ooh, I, I know. I know. <laughs> Commanders Rams. Commanders go into LA uh, to take on the Rams. Commanders uh, coming off a bye. Um, and the Rams had a 37 to 31 overtime loss against the Ravens last week. Admittedly, a game that I watched and I felt that they should have won because I don't feel that the Ravens played anywhere near their best. Um, and they were, uh, I think it's just the Ravens' luck or the Ravens' skill that got them over the line in, in the end. Um, and they are very lucky to have not lost that game in regulation. So, uh, but. I don't want to spend too look, boys. I don't want to spend too much time on this because there are other bigger games beyond this. But the the Rams here are surely going to walk all over the Commanders, who are just like they're just floating at sea on a on a raft with a, a bunch of holes in it at this point in time because they've yeah. sent off their entire defense to everybody else in the league to make them better. Um, they have a coach who doesn't didn't know which way was up. Um, they got a they're got an ownership who are fully admitting that they're going to change and burn down the entire thing and start again so uh, they're surely giving up at this point yeah, as i said the bottom line is rams offense good commanders defense <laughs> yeah. bad i love it Brad. perfect that's it <laughs> thank you Brad. thanks Brad. of analysis I was just going to say the commanders are the anti-Bears. Like the Bears got completely better at the deadline with their defense and the commanders just sent everyone packing and went, we're going to have the shittest defense in history of the NFL. Like they are so bad. And I, I brought this up on the fantasy pod where I think that the defensive line was covering up the secondary's issues. Like I think that the defensive line was good. And it was able to attack the quarterback and it was actually covering up, you know, the weakness that they had behind them. And now that they don't have those guys, the defensive line is doing nothing. And then the secondary is now getting exposed. Uh, so they can't stop anything. They can't stop the run. They can't stop the pass. Mm. Uh, so they are just awful. Like they've just said, Sam Hell, you need to try and score 50 points in a game to try and win us a game. And mm. that's what he's going to have to do here. And he's not going to. And the Rams, I wouldn't be surprised if they're the highest scoring team of the week. Rams, Rams absolutely win this because I think the commanders are yeah. smart enough to know that they're in the fourth pick at the moment uh, and that the Cardinals and the Patriots are probably dumb enough to win another game to put the commanders up higher in the pick total. Matt Stafford. The, yeah. Matt Stafford, start of the week. Matt Stafford, absolutely yeah. start of the week. Matt's, Matt Stafford, oh, Matt Stafford's <laughs> stats are going to be off, off the charts. He could throw for 400 this week, I think, um, Tay. 
So yep. <laughs> it's, it's going to be insane. Uh, oh, right. 500 could be on the cards. Who knows? 500. It could be on the cards. It would, it's, it's insanely possible. Um, all right. Let's move on. Let's, uh, Manjot's been quiet. He's uh, feeling a little <laughs> under the weather over there. He has been quiet, but this is Manjot's time. The 49ers take on the Cardinals this week. Manjot, I mean, you don't have to spend too much time, but it was. Oh, of course <laughs> not. It was actually a pretty good win, 28-16 uh, to 16 win over the Seattle Seahawks last week by the 49ers. Um, the Cardinals got a win in their last outing against against Pittsburgh, but there's no way the Cardinals are going to stand up in any way to the juggernaut that is the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I'm very hoping for a big game by CMC this week. I mean, <laughs> last week as well, just got to say, MV Purdy, once again, he's been going off. I know a lot of people be be saying he's not deserving of MVP, but I think some of the things have really shown up. I think that Cardinals, that first Cardinals game as well, where Purdy just was like 20 of 21 passing, 95% completion percentage. He was just absolutely incredible that game. So I'm expecting something similar from the Niners offense this week. I'm expecting them to come back out, play their best once again. I think this team, they're really looking to just solidify some of the things that they need to do, especially with the Ravens coming up the next week. Some of the defense as well, getting pretty injured at this time of year. Javon Hargrave with hamstring, Chavarius Ward injured with a groin. Got a couple other guys such as <clears throat> such as Eric Armstead who missed that Seattle game as well. So they've got about four or five injuries on defense to worry about the Niners. So really, I'm just hoping for an injury-free game for the Niners, a quick, easy win, hopefully. Just as long as we don't underestimate the Cardinals, then we should be able to win it. You, see, you brought up you brought up five hundred the number before. That's how many yards CMC may have on the ground this game. Like the Cardinals can't <laughs> stop the, the run game at all. Like they they are terrible basically everywhere on defense, but they seem ex- like extra bad against the running back position. And you know, coming up against CMC, it's just like the biggest mismatch in history. Like he he's going to absolutely dominate this week in this offense. It's going to be just one of those Purdy games that he's just picks off. Like it, it's just going to be really, really uh, efficient. I think. Like I don't think he's going to have to do a lot. Like I, I think I said to Maddie C last night. I was like, I could see them scoring forty-two points and like Purdy having half the touchdowns. Like having like a a, a two hundred and three sort of game. Uh, but I could see CMC seriously having like 150 and three. Like, I think he's going to absolutely dodge them. Yeah, I I mean, I'm going to go for big numbers for a multi this weekend. This one, I think it's going to be like CMC, like 150 plus and two plus TDs and Purdy with 300 plus. It's just, it, I think all those numbers will hit. So I'm uh, I'm hoping for something good there. Uh, it'll be a yeah, fun, uh, interesting watch. <laughs> The the there's no doubt San Francisco is going to win. If I'm a betting person though, and I'll be a little bit contrarian here, is that when you get into double digit home dogs, so we're talking Arizona is getting twelve and a half points. Twelve and a half. Twelve and a half. Oh, so it's Arizona just hilarious. Is, yeah, Arizona is getting twelve and a half points. I would be very tempted to take Arizona in the points. Oh, yep. Um, 
because statistically this year, double digit, the, the teams have covered that double digit spread quite a bit. But yeah. Historically, if you're the home dog and you're getting double digit points, always bet on the home dog. That's just historically. This season hasn't panned out, but the average is. And the way Arizona's playing and the way San Francisco's kind of been up and down, I would consider taking Arizona in the points, just at, as a side note. At 47 and a half uh, over under two, I re- that's going to go over. I reckon this is. With Kyler, too, uh, I think I even said this with Trey McBride last night, me and John. It was like, I could yeah. see that I could see them having a pretty good second half offensively. Like, even if they're down a lot early, I could see, like, Kyler Murray is a good enough quarterback, obviously, that you, you could sort of you could get the points late. And it might be one of those situations where, you know, the Niners are up by, like, you know, 17 points and just cruising. Uh, and, you know, a late touchdown could get the Cardinals into that 12 and a half, even though they were never a chance of winning the game. Uh, 12 and a half is a big spread. So, like, I, I'm not guaranteed, even though I think the Niners are going to score a lot of points, like mm-hmm. Brad said, I think the Cardinals could put up some, like, second half points and actually hold that line too. Uh, I probably I probably wouldn't bet it either way, just because, like I said, I'm very confident in the Niners. So, uh, but I could see them, you know, it's like they call it what a back door, you know, going in the back door. <laughs> I know. That's a, yeah, well, okay. Can I come over to your place? Bit of, <laughs> bit of back door action. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Uh, all, all the kids are doing it, Tay. Yeah. Jeez. Absolutely, mate. Um, <laughs> fuck, we're moving on now. Uh, let's talk about the Ravens and the Jags. Uh, the Ravens, as we talked about earlier, came, uh, beat the Rams in an overtime win this week. And the Jags went down to the Joe Flacco-led Cleveland Browns. Um, interesting matchup for both teams. Like I said, I I personally don't think the Ravens played as well as they could have last week, despite coming away with that win. They are sitting at 10-3 and three in the AFC North. So they do have a very big stranglehold on the AFC North. Um, Jacksonville, however, really, really need to play well in this and even try and get uh, an early lead on the Ravens and try and bring that home just to stay ahead of everybody else in the AFC South. The the Jags are looking woeful. And I think uh, you're really seeing Christian Kirk um, with with him not playing in the game. It's really affecting uh, touchdown Jesus. And it, if, unless he's, he can come back. Um, I think I don't see the Jags pulling this one off at all. Mm, don't you think Lawrence's injury as well is really yeah. affecting them? Because I think that's the more important factor, not just the Kirk injury, but Lawrence himself being so banged up with that ankle injury last week, really slowed down what he could do against the Browns especially against that great defense as well. So 100%, I could see I could see them struggle in this game, especially against such a good defense again in the Ravens. And really, I think the Jags, they've got to win like a tough, gritty game to be able to win this one Sunday Night Football. They've got to play a tough, gritty sort of style. Really where ETN needs to come into play and run the ball more with him and tank Bigsby. But... Yeah, I think I think it's tall order here for the Jags. Well, I was well, going to bring up. If, sorry, go ahead. 
I was just going to say, I was going to actually bring up ETN as this doesn't project to me a good matchup for him. And that's the problem. And, you know, if you've got a, a quarterback like Lawrence that's struggling a bit and he's got an injury, you really want to be able to hand the ball off and sort of use ETN to, you know, sort of get you those yards and sort of get you on the front foot. But I don't think this is a good matchup for that. So that's mm. the problem too, is I think they're going to force uh, Lawrence to actually have to prove himself in this game. And if he's not 100%, it's going to be really hard. And and I, I really like Zay Jones this week in fantasy because he had 14 targets. And the only reason he didn't catch more of them was because it was a horrendous weather and it was against the Browns defense. Uh, I, if he's having to go to Zay Jones that much though, that's actually more of a concern than anything because it's probably going to be a lot of like short yardage sort of plays and dink and dunks. And if that's all they're really going to be able to do on offense, I think the Baltimore Ravens are just going to sort of eat them alive. Like, I think this could be a game where the Jags just don't put up many points at all. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think you're, you're exactly right. He's, he's a safety valve for them and they're not going to do much uh, with that. The one bright spot that I am impressed with, with the Jags is their tight end, Evan Ingram. Oh, for um, sure. He, He's been playing lights out lately. So it'd be cool just to see him continue that streak. But you're right. For the Jags to have a chance, they're going to have to – Trevor Lawrence is going to have to play at the top of his game. And it's – I don't know if you guys have ever had a high ankle sprain, but I've unfortunately had lots, and it's caused me to have reconstructive ankle surgery. And it is – it's more debilitating than a break um, yep. in the sense of just how much it limits your mobility. So I I don't see um, Trevor being 100%. And even though Baltimore has given up a ton of points, um, I don't I don't see the Jags being able to pull this one out. And it, it's going to make for a really fun and interesting playoff run. Yeah. Because what what's their lead now? Is it one game? One. So if they so let's say they they lose this game uh, and the Colts win their game uh, against uh, yeah the Colts win their game that's going to put again. that's going to put both of them at, at uh, eight and six um, and okay. similarly for the Texans who are also at seven and six right now so if they beat Tennessee they'll all three will be at eight and six in that division um, Jacksonville of course beat both beat Colts twice. Um, so they've they've already got wins there against them. They've already got one win against two wins against the Texans. One win. Ah, uh, one. One. Yeah, one win against the Texans. Fun. So there's 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 that there. But it's the run home after this. Jacksonville have got after this Ravens game. They've got to play the Bucks, uh, then the Panthers, and then the Titans. So they've got two out of three mm-hmm. hard games in that. The Colts, however, have got the the Falcons, the Raiders, and then the Texans. So. There's there's a possibility here that if Jacksonville don't win this game, they they're more than likely going to lose the or not come first in the uh, AFC South. So this this could be the week for them. This could be the week that they're down for for this season, uh, which will put them into a, more of a playoff wildcard spot, which is going to be uh, an infinitely harder run for them uh, in January football. Or um, I mean that's. It's yeah. crazy considering how well they were playing. The analytics say they still still have a 90, 92% chance of making the playoffs, mm. but they're definitely not going to be. They'll make playoffs, out. but it's whether or not they're that, they're fourth seed, yeah. Brad, or they're, they're sixth, yeah. I think yeah. it is. So, 
Um, mm. That's the biggest difference. Let's move on to what is possibly the game of the week this week and what should have definitely been Sunday night football. And I am talking about the Dallas Cowboys coming in to take on the Buffalo Bills, um, two teams who had a couple of great wins last week. Of course, the Cowboys on a big high beating the Eagles 33-13. to 13. And we talked about the Bills a little bit earlier uh, in that KC matchup uh, coming out 20-17 to 17 on the back of some Josh Allen heroics once again. Brad, um, your boys are playing pretty damn well on a pretty big high right now. Uh, do you think they're still going to be able to carry this on with the Buffalo Bills, who are 7-6 and six in the AFC and at the bottom of that, that six-way 7-6 and six tie? in the AFC right now. Yeah, well, it's – it's. I, I'm stoked about the Cowboys because they actually – they beat a really good team. So, which, you know, that's been kind of the 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 knock is the only team that they beat mm. that had a winning record was Seattle. And, well, Seattle's looking like poo. So, it's – it was nice to be seeing them get the win. Their offense is rolling, and their defense looked good this last game. But this game scares me, to be honest with you. I think uh, Buffalo is, especially if it was at if it was at Texas Stadium in Dallas, I, I wouldn't feel nearly as concerned. But going to Buffalo, I don't know what the weather report is. Um, but you know, historically the Cowboys do not play well in in crappy weather. So it really, really uh, it concerns me. I think it's going to be a, a t- much much tougher game. Than the Philly game, so we'll we'll see. Uh, wouldn't surprise. I kind of I was saying earlier before the show started. I want Aubrey to, to miss a, a field goal just because it'll bring him uh, take the bring him back down to earth, take the curse off type thing. But I'm impressed with Buffalo the way they've have turned it around, and they're playing like a wounded animal. They're backed into the corner. Yes. They're tough, and and they're playing like it. So th- this. This game actually scares me uh, quite a bit more than the Eagles game did. Well, the thing is, too, with the Bills, they've basically been playing playoff football for like three weeks. Yes. They they couldn't really yeah. drop any games, and that 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 sort of almost brought them back to life in a way because they 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 had no choice. They couldn't sort of procrastinate anymore. They had to sort of play their best football straight away, and they've had a bit of a gauntlet in terms of teams. So I don't think playing the Cowboys. Uh, especially at home, is going to sort of daunt them because they've been playing very good teams for the last month anyway. So uh, I'm with Brad there. Like, the Cowboys have been amazing, but the fact that they're in an outdoor sort of situation in Buffalo... Oh, Buffalo uh, Buffalo in December. It's only getting colder and colder. Like the nuts are, your nuts are shrinking. There's going to be fucking dildos getting, there's going to be dildos getting thrown on the field for sure. We all know that. I still think, like, I still think they're going to, like, the Josh Allen dig stack's going to get going at some stage too. I think that's going to turn itself around. And yeah, I, I think this Bills team's on a bit of a roll. And I know the Cowboys are, obviously, but they've played a lot of games in that, don't, you know, inside Texas Stadium, like Brad mentioned. Uh, this is going to be a you know a different monster. I, I think it's going to be really tough for him in this game. It's going to be close. So it's it, I'm not I'm, I know I'm sounding sort of pessimistic about the Cowboys. I'm not. I think they're going to be in this game, uh, for basically the entire way. But I wouldn't be surprised to see the Bills get this because 
even though I'm not saying the Cowboys aren't desperate because they obviously need these wins to try and win the division. Uh, but I think the Bills have just got that extra motivation and extra desperation because uh, they need to just keep winning just to make the playoffs. Yeah, 100%. And I don't want to dominate this, but you know, if, if I'm Buffalo, though, my concern is Stefan Diggs is not getting the ball no. that much. I mean, mm. he only had four catches, and it was his seventh straight game where he had under a hundred yards. So I, I it's funny. Make... It's funny that we're not hearing him whinge about it, though, Brad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was just going to say nothing would make me <laughs> than to see him implode. It's so it's so interesting that that winning cures everything, isn't it? He Suddenly, yeah. that boy. Yeah, it's so yeah. like they're they're winning games, and he's not getting ball, and he's not whinging about it because they got the W next to him. Yeah. I'll just say too yeah. though, like I'm still not confident in the Bills' defense. Obviously, when they lost Milano, they they sort of all of a sudden started to fall apart. They've got a yeah. lot still. I mean, there's a lot of guys in the secondary they lost as well. So, um, I, I'm I'm still confident even outdoors that this Cowboys offense can roll. Uh, Ceedee Lamb's just on an absolute another level right now, and even Brandon Cooks has been amazing. That whole core, like Jack, you know, oh. man, Josh Boy, Jake Ferguson, uh, smacking hey. that ass, yeah. son. Uh, you know, their whole offense is just humming. So I think it will be, even in sort of tougher conditions, I think there will be some points scored in this game. Uh, but yeah, again, I'm just going to trust the Bills at this stage that they're going to be the little bit more desperate team. And at home, uh, I think they could get the job done here. But um, I'm, I, in terms of tipping, I'm still on the fence. I'm still trying to work it out myself. Hey, uh, uh, in, in terms yeah. of... As I say, sorry, what, right. what concerns me is... Um, the Cowboys, if they lost Hankins, their defensive tackle, uh, he was their best defensive interior defensive lineman. And James Cook for Buffalo is looking like a stud lately. So uh, I yeah. I'm really concerned that he could run all over the Cowboys. Yeah, and I think interesting. I think the matchup for me watching this one, Stephon Gilmore versus Stephon Diggs. I think that that's going to be a really interesting matchup. I know Deron Bland, he's been getting all the attention at CB this year for Dallas. But in the last couple of weeks, it's actually been Gilmore that's been stepping up. So I want to see what Gilmore does against Diggs here. It's going to be really interesting to see what sort of game plan the Cowboys have. Obviously, last week, they had a really good game plan to stop Jalen Hurts and not even allow him to scramble and use his legs. So I'm wondering if they use a similar sort of game plan for Josh Allen and really slow down his running ability and stop him from running around, just like they did with Jalen Hurts last week. He had zero scrambles, just like I said. The um, the under-over in this is 50.5. It's one of the highest of the weekend. So it's... Um... It's a massive. I think I'm I'm with you, uh, Tay, on the fact that there could be a a bucket load of points scored in this. Like it's just going to be piling it. Um, I don't know. Fifty point five is a massive under over. Scares me. Yeah, just in general, just looking at the teams, I would definitely go over that. I think the only pause you would have is just checking the weather. Like sometimes mm-hmm. if there's a lot of wind or anything yeah. like that, or if it's, it's a snow, if it's, a bit. if it's a snow game. Yeah, exactly. If there's anything like that, then definitely temper your expectations. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so, well, the one thing the, the Cowboys yeah. have going for them, I think, is that Josh Allen leads the league in interceptions. Yeah. And, you and know, the Cowboys you know, love interceptions. Absolutely. <laughs> they do. Absolutely. 
what is it? Yes. Yeah. It's a 60, 62, Brad. That's what the weather is, 62. Is 62? 62? No, that's on the, on the wrong game. Sorry, my bad. I was going to say, that's unreal. I clicked the wrong game. That's my bad. Buffalo weather. It's, uh, yeah. Let's go with 36. How about half yeah, that? That sounds more normal. Yeah. That's more like Buffalo. Yeah, it's 10 degrees, I, 10 degrees C. Plus. I don't understand these freedom units. All I know is it says 36, and that's what it is here right now. Uh, <laughs> Good old Hunter Valley. Oh right? man, she's hot in hell here. Right, let's one last game. One last game, and it is of course the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, the Eagles and the Seahawks both coming off losses last week, pretty big losses too, last week, um, and they're both on losing streaks. The Seahawks at the moment are on a four-game losing streak. The Eagles have lost their last two against the 49ers and the Cowboys. Um, I have a feeling that the Eagles are, are going to really get one back here, but you can't ignore the pro- the fact that they do have a lot of red zone problems at the moment. And more importantly, third down defense is seems to be woeful. It seems to be a big problem. They, uh, they lose the majority of third downs that they're coming up against with their defense. Um, right now. So there are big question marks around Philly and can they handle it? Can they get back to um, the form that we saw them go 10 wins for, through? You know, if it, I think there's no doubt uh, who's going to win this game. I think Philly Philly's going to win it. My heart wants Seattle. Um, but I think everyone's heart wants Seattle, to be honest. It's yeah. in a, it's a, it's Even in a, mine. It's either to you. You calm down there, Eagles fan. Um, I mean, sorry, Cowboys fan. Uh, it's either it's either Seattle beat them here, or like you want the Giants to beat them on Christmas. So it's... yes, oh, that would be even better, actually. <laughs> yeah. But you know, this is this is Pete Carroll's longest losing streak uh, in his thirteen years as a head coach for the Seahawks. So he's he's they've lost the last four. games games so they clearly are in need of some, some help and especially if, if their quarterback is drew lock it's going to be they're going to be hurting yeah Geno smith's still questionable here um his estimated return date is the 18th which is actually next week so this that is um it is tough right now he's still questionable i think you're right if it ends up being drew lock uh, it's that's going to be a very very hard win even in seattle I um I'll be contrarian here. I'm a little higher on Seattle than I think most are, and I think everyone just keeps looking at the fact they're on this losing streak. But if you look at the schedule they have had over this losing streak, it's oh. been absolutely brutal. Like they have just basically been given like the like best teams in the league for like six weeks in a row, uh, and 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 they've really pushed the Cowboys. Like I honestly thought they were going to win that game in in Texas Stadium. They, they, their offense finally got going and. Uh, they actually looked quite good. And then the, even in spurts last week against the Niners, I know the game really wasn't that close. Like, I was never worried that the Niners were going to lose it. But it, I, I don't know. Like, they, they, they're showing signs to me that they are a better team than their record's probably showing at this stage. Kind of on the flip side of, I think their record was too good at the start. Like, they were winning games 
sort of like without their offense clicking in the first, like, say, seven or eight weeks. So, so the record was actually looking better than they probably are. I think they're somewhere in the middle between this losing streak and what they were at the start. Well, they seven and three, I think they were at one stage or mm. a little bit better than that. I can't remember. But they, I, I think they are a very, like, they're, I think they're a good team. Like, I, I'm not so much worried that they're just going to get blown out in this game. Uh, I'm also weirdly like a Drew Locke apologist. <laughs> like I actually don't <laughs> mind that him. That is weird. And and it's mainly because I don't believe he's like a like a starting caliber quarterback. But I I, I like these backups that aren't afraid to go deep. Like I like these backups that don't get scared and come in and feel like they have to dump it off five yards every single play. Drew Locke's not scared to make a mistake, and I know he will make at least two mistakes. But oh, he's also going to be the kind of guy that's going to get the ball to Metcalf, and he's going to get the ball to Lockett, and he's going to hit JSN. Like he's going to get plays against this Philadelphia defense. And I've buried the lead here. This team is so bad at defending the pass; it's actually unbelievable. Like they again, mm. they're kind of like the Lions, where they're a pass funnel. They good. They defend the run very well, but they just cannot defend the pass to save their assholes. Like they are so bad. And like Ian brought up the stat that they are terrible on third down. It's because everyone's passing on third down. Like that's why they're terrible on third down because everyone can pass on them. Like they just aren't defending anyone there. So I'm not as worried if it's Drew Locke. I would obviously rather Geno. Uh, I'm going to be tipping Philly. I'm not like completely off my absolute rocker, but I actually think it's going to be closer than a lot of people think. And I actually think they're going to be able to move the ball better than people think against this Philly team because they just can't defend a wet paper bag at the moment. Yeah, I I think as well for Seattle, for their defense, can they follow that blueprint that San Francisco and Dallas have set last couple of weeks? against stopping Jalen Hurts and their passing attack. I think that's no, really where I'm looking at. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's, they do. That's the but problem. They do, but can they slow down the Philadelphia offense enough to just just give them a bit of a chance, though? That That is where I think that I, I can rephrase it because I know Seattle's oh, going to have a tough time against Philly. But really, I think this could be a pass-happy game across the board. And, yeah, I think especially in Seattle at home as well, I think they have more of a chance than if it was in Philly. Mm. So, interestingly enough, I I think one of the big secrets here for Seattle is actually getting Kenneth Walker uh, moving on the ground. Um, Interestingly enough, the last four games, which were all losses, and that does include, as as, uh, Tay pointed out, it's two big losses to the 49ers, uh, the Cowboys game that they were pretty close in, and in a 17-16 loss to the Rams, which is very close. In all of those games, Walker barely featured. But yeah. the previous 10 weeks before that, nine weeks, sorry, because the bye, there's a bye week in there, the previous nine weeks before that, Walker was their top rusher, and they, um, you were right, mate, they did go seven and three up to that point. Um, so it seems to be that's a big key for them on the ground is getting Kenneth Walker more involved, getting him basically opening him up um, and turn him on. However, he needs to be turned on, turn him on. Because uh, oh, wow, wow, wow. uh, I, I think that's going to be a big secret because in all those, all those other games, all their four last four losses, um, Charbonnet has been their high rusher with barely any yards. 
it's well, like, it's not just it's not just rushing that he helps. He actually helps the passing game as well. Yeah, like Kenneth Walker is actually a really really good pass catcher. So uh, that that's that's only going to help the offense on the ground and in the air. So yeah, yeah, but, I, I think he's only going to help. So hopefully they do. Hopefully they do. I think everyone in the league, I don't know why everyone wants to root against Philly at the moment, but they kind of do. Um, it, it's Philly. Yeah, it's you try. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, I, just, I don't want to see the Philly fan base in the playoffs at all. Um, and if they That's... keep, if they kept rolling on with, with undefeated like they were, um, I God, I was scared that we were going to see Philly in a grand final again. And then idiots yeah. climbing lampposts and eating horse poo and God knows what else. So, uh, yeah, I th- I think that's an overs game. Uh, I don't I don't have the line in front of me, but I forty seven and a half. Yeah, I I like that because I I really think both teams are going to be able to move the ball on each other. Uh, like I said, I I was talking up why I think Seattle can stay in this game and and their offense and obviously the issues that the Eagles secondary has. But I also like buried the lead in terms of like what Manjot brought up that I think Seattle's defense is worse. Like they they they're bad everywhere. That's the problem with Seattle at the moment. They they aren't a funnel. They just uh well you could call it a massive funnel. They're fucking giving it up to, in the passing game and the running game. So they don't really have a position that they're great at at the moment. So uh like I think the Eagles are gonna move the ball easily and like I said I've got a bit more trust in Locke than everyone in the world uh on the planet has right now. So I would actually take the quarterback whoever's starting for Seattle over and passing yards as well. Uh, and I'll take the over in the game. Excellent. Excellent analysis, mate. Uh, you've really brought it this week. Who says you're not a good analyst? <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey? Some great convo. My you've... mom says I'm cool. Yeah, that's right. No, you... that's, that's some great stuff this week, Tay. Absolutely love it. Um, it's been fun having you on. Thanks, mate. I uh, like I said, I've always wanted to come on and uh, just talk. You know, obviously, I dropped some little sort of fantasy nuggets in there as well, but you know, some right. betting stuff as well. But I wanted to sort of talk a bit more, you know, generic NFL because I obviously love it, like you guys do, and love listening to your guys' podcasts. And uh, even though you know I've been sort of up there and tipping, I really, really appreciate everything you guys do. And uh, you know, I think you guys are amazing at what you do. So mm. I just wanted to get on and have a chat, and glad I did. Oh, mate, any time. I think I speak for the boys. You can come back any time. Definitely welcome. Definitely welcome. Um, of course, check Tay out on the Aussie NFL Fantasy Podcast. Uh, if you're listening to us on that feed, you will already know about that. If you're not, make sure you check that out. Um, check out all of our socials at G'day Gridiron on Insta and Facebook. Manjot, we'll be back doing... Mucho pastry pest this week, won't you, buddy? Yeah, I know I've been slacking off, been very busy. I, I wouldn't call it slacking off, mate. There's no, I think you've been a bit harsh on <laughs> yourself. Um, yeah, no, you, I haven't, you've had a shit I, couple I, of weeks, so it's okay. To yeah, be, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like one post a week now. I've been pretty much, I've regressed to like the point where, yeah, I'm back to the days where I posted once a week instead of once a day. So That's all right, mate. Now We've... I'm going to try and get back into it. Hey, hey, you've only got four more weeks until playoff football, so I am sure those post counts are going to go through the roof. Um, 100%. Be annoying the crap Blacking out of him. off and jacking off. That well, yeah, he's doing both of those <laughs> things. So. <laughs> um, yeah, so make sure you check us out on socials. Uh, thank you, Brad, as well. 
There's no absolutely. Thanks, as guys. always, thanks for listening. Uh, please check us out. Uh, like us, rate us, share us around. Um, it all helps. It'll be muchly appreciated. Until next week, around this time next week, um, that's bye for now. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thanks, guys. G'day Gridiron is brought to you by the Aussie Gridiron Network, a network of Australian podcasts bringing you some of the best content from the NFL and the local game. Check out our other podcasts, Aussie NFL Fantasy and No Huddle Dynasty. 